The following is a recording of the Reverend Marini Dankel at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in downtown Richmond, Virginia on December 22nd, 2019. Thank you for listening. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. May I have the grace to speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Some children were drawing pictures of the nativity scene as part of a Sunday school lesson just before Christmas. Each child was asked to show their picture to the class and name the figures included. One child named Mary and the baby Jesus, and there was another figure standing there in his drawing, and the child hesitated. Is that Joseph? asked the teacher, trying to be helpful. No, the child replied. It's that guy from the Christmas Carol, um, Silent Night. It's Round John Virgin. (laughs) Joseph is often not front and center in our depictions of Christmas. In visual art and music, we tend to focus on Mary as do the Gospels. Joseph is important in the early life of Jesus, but he virtually disappears from the Gospels as Jesus matures and begins his ministry. There are no mentions of Joseph in the Passion narratives. And yet Joseph is a key figure in the early part of Matthew's telling of the story of Jesus. In today's Gospel, Joseph learns that Mary, to whom he is engaged, is pregnant. This is a huge problem in his day. Betrothal was part of a legally binding contract for marriage, but it would be nullified by discovery of infidelity. In addition to breaking the contract, infidelity could subject the woman to death by stoning. Joseph is facing hard choices. He's described as a righteous man. This means he lives by the sacred laws. Now he faces a terrible choice. 
Is his obedience to God's law stronger than his love for his wife-to-be? The option of forgive and forget was not open to Joseph as an appropriate response. He decides he should divorce Mary quietly, trying to save her life, but dooming her to live alone. In the midst of his quandary, he hears a message in a dream. It begins with the familiar words of an angel, do not be afraid. This is the same message with which Mary is greeted in the Gospel of Luke when she learns of her part in this miraculous birth. The angel addresses Joseph as son of David. This reminds us that the genealogy with which Matthew opens his gospel traces the lineage of Jesus from Abraham up to Joseph. Jesus is part of the royal line of the kings of Israel, tracing his ancestry back to Abraham, the father of the people of Israel. It's part of the expected coming of Messiah, a new king for Israel, descended from David, who will reestablish the peace that the people of Israel knew under that king. Perhaps Joseph has thought about his lineage and wondered what might be his part in God's plan. But surely this is not what he expected. What he hears in his dream is totally unexpected. He hears that God is calling him to go against the norms of his tradition and take Mary as his wife despite her condition. He learns further that this birth is miraculous, that that Mary will bear a son to be called Jesus, who will save his people from their sins. In the story, the message is clear, but it must have been difficult for Joseph to hear. He's an ordinary man who's now being asked to do something extraordinary, something risky to his own future and to the future of his beloved wife. He must have had so many questions. The angel's counsel to be not, not to be afraid was directed straight to him as it was to Mary. Joseph is in the midst of circumstances he did not choose, and God is calling on him to act courageously. He's to take Mary and this child and to treat them as his own. He's to name the child a sign that he claims the child as his own. Though we are ordinary people, we may be called upon to do extraordinary things. The challenge is to hear God's voice in the midst of difficult circumstances, to be clear about the way forward when we would rather avoid the whole situation. Like Joseph, we would rather put Mary away quietly, divorce her without scandal, and move on. But that is not what he, or sometimes we, are called to do. Not that we have to be radicals or lawbreakers, but we may have to trust God and moving beyond our comfort zones to rise to the occasion. Joseph's part in the Christmas story reminds us that it is not easy to understand what God expects. We may be confronted with unexpected situations, circumstances not of our own choosing, in which we're challenged to move courageously into the future. We may have to give up the security of favorable public opinion or adherence to societal norms. Joseph gives us a related lesson, too, and that's our ideas about family. 
Joseph is being asked to marry a woman who is pregnant with a child that is not biologically his and to raise the child as his own. Whatever ideas Joseph may had when he became engaged to Mary, it was surely not this scenario. As he moves in compliance with his understanding of God's will, his understanding of family is expanded. And that's a helpful message for us as our understanding of God's plans for families continues to, to grow and expand beyond what have been traditional norms. My late husband and I were not able to have children. Sometimes people would ask us if we were going to start a family. I disliked that phrase because I considered us a family already, though there were only two of us. Today we acknowledge many kinds of families, families with and without children, headed by people of the same gender or a single parent or several generations all living together. Children are conceived in ways that were not possible scientifically in previous generations. We know foster families and adoptions of children across racial and national lines. Through these expanding possibilities of families, God is calling us to understand the many ways that faithful love can be known. And we are in turn horrified by actions that destroy families through violence, addiction, deporting, incarceration. Our observances of Christmas may have so sentimentalized the nativity stories that we have lost the real picture. For Mary and Joseph, miraculous births are joyful news and complicated for each of them. We who know how the story unfolds realize that these parents will lose their son to a horrific death. It's a powerful reminder that the good news of the gospel comes to us in the complexities of our lives. Most of us do not live in ideal, hallmark moment families. The true joy of Christmas is not a cute baby, but in God's unfailing love for us. Some years ago, I was on pilgrimage at Canterbury Cathedral in England. I devoted a day to praying at all the various chapels that ring the high altar and fill the undercroft of that huge, magnificent building. I spent the most time in a small chapel where the major decoration was an icon of the Annunciation, a depiction of the angel telling Mary that she will be the mother of Jesus. It was a moving time for me to place again before God all of the sadness that I felt in being childless and widowed. I think I was there for quite some time, gazing at the images and trying to pray. And the words that came to me were these. I didn't bring you all this way to abandon you now. I didn't bring you all this way to abandon you now. I'm not claiming that I had a vision, nor am I by any means equating myself with Mary and Joseph. I simply felt a sense of peace in God's presence, a presence that is promised to us in all of the scriptures 
and especially in the coming of Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us. And I believe that God's unfolding promise to me has brought me here to St. Paul's to be part of this family. Together we try to hear God's messages, God's promises for us as part of the family of God. We are here to support and comfort and weep and rejoice together in this place. And God never abandons us. In this sacred time when we celebrate the coming of a child to show God's infinite love for all humankind, may we be ready to hear God speaking to us in unexpected ways. May we be open to new possibilities, courageous in our response to God's great love for us, and able to hear the angel's reassurance, don't be afraid. Amen.